fuel industries in the state. And that's the kind of commitment that farmers and entrepreneurs can take to the bank and really build a business on. Seattle Biodiesel anticipates breaking ground on a larger production facility this year. They also plan to develop a crushing facility. Word on the plant floor is that billionaire Paul Allen plans to chip in. In addition, they have plans for international facilities. In spite of bipartisan and public support, however, it remains to be seen whether state legislators will stand up to inevitable oil industry pressure and send the pending legislation for renewable fuel standards to the governor for signature. For Free Speech Radio News, this is Martha Baskin reporting. Free Speech Radio News is a worker-run collective. Our newscast is produced at Pacifica Stations KPFA in Berkeley and KPFK in Los Angeles. Our newscast is produced by Simba Russo and Monica Lopez. Our headlines editor is Shannon Young. Leanne Caldwell is our Washington editor. Our technical production team includes Jade Paget-Seekins and Eric Klein. For an archive of this or any other newscast or documentary, you can check out our website at www.fsrn.org. That's fsrn.org. You can also email us at comments at fsrn.org. In Los Angeles, I'm Aura Bogado. This is Jim Carroll, and you're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Music as uncensored as it could get these days. What are we doing in here? Dan, get off my foot. There are hangers everywhere, Christy. And what's up with these mothballs? This is stifling. I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, and I can barely move. Forget this, man. Closets are for clothes. Closets Are For Clothes is Michigan's premier queer radio show, celebrating 30 years of broadcast excellence. 60 minutes of award-winning gaiety and witty repartee. (laughs) We're here, we're on, Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM 88.3, Radio Free Ann Arbor. The next hour will be jam-packed with news, reviews, and interviews of interest to the LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies. We are your hosts... Dan Burns and Christy Cardinal. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. And we are here. Holy moly. Hello. Hello. So Meredith Hockman is here and on um, February 22nd of 2006, a Wednesday, dun, 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 if you all didn't know that. <laughs> in case you were sleeping. Yes, and I want to get an agenda item right off the bat. Okay, go, man, go. Well, I was just working with one of my favorite people, um, and her name is Libby, and okay. she was telling me all kinds of wonderful things about her husband, Jeff. No, she wasn't. She just—I just want to say hi to <laughs> Libby and Jeff, um, who were. Uh, um, I was just working with Libby, and I told her she was like, "Oh my gosh, you're on the radio!" So um, I shouldn't really use that high voice, but um, it oh was... yes, you should. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to say hi to Libby and Jeff if they are listening currently, and if they're not eating dinner, um, mm. hope it's scrumptious. But um, me too. I'm hungry. Yes, it's just that time. <laughs> it happens to be that this time of uh, um, of the evening or whatever. We have you know we have some people who are exercising, just got home from work, and they're listening to us as they're doing their um, treadmill, and others that are getting ready. Keep to... it going. Keep it going. Exactly. <laughs> cha cha cha. And um, sugar bear. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, we're, uh, Meredith and I do a uh, aerobics class together, and um, and our instructor has some very interesting um word choices for yes, motivate us exactly exactly so but how are you meredith i'm i'm exhausted and i can't tell you why i'm exhausted because i don't really understand mm-hmm. it i've been sleeping through the night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i just i cannot i'm having a hard time wow. today i don't know what it is well, are you like, you know, are you and uh, your partner having a little too much sex or something? Or is it just a... Uh... No, that is definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not too much. <laughs> no. <laughs> but... Uh... I don't know what it is. I, I just... I don't know. It, maybe it's just the weather. I don't know. Oh. It's not the weather. I don't know. I, I can't figure it out. I haven't figured it out yet. I just want to say one thing, though. Oh, okay. I think that the world should start using the term gaiety 
more often. Gaiety, really? Yes, every time I hear that on our opening, I'm always like, I love that word. That's the best word ever, gaiety. <laughs> Let's use it more often. How can I use that in a sentence? I was going to say, so how would you go to dictionary.com and find out how to use it in a sentence? Because I, I got to tell you, I love that word. I know. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a word freak these days, but... <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So the um, you know, the gaiety of your afternoon, <laughs> you know. So uh, the show has a, a little bit of gaiety to it. <laughs> right. It's such a weird. It's a weird word. It is. But it, it is. I, I love it. Well, it's just like gay apparel. I love the la la la. la. <laughs> you know, and the gay apparel. It's like what you know. So it's just it's very interesting to me. You know, so, but yeah. So wow, you're tired. I am tired. That's frustrating. It is frustrating, and I, I just feel like I can't keep on top of all my tasks and wow. things I need to do. And I want to gotcha. have fun. Okay. I want to have some gaiety. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's hard to do when you're tired. Yes, exactly. Because you want to go to sleep at like two. Well, that's the thing. Is like today. I in fact that was one of the things that happened today around two, three o'clock. I was working with some folks, not not just Libby, and <laughs> um, and they were saying how um, they were just like, oh, this is the time for my nap, or I need some like major sugar or something. And I was just like, what sugar? Come on, people, walk, walk, walk. <laughs> and they were just like, where are you getting all this energy? And I think it's you know whenever the sun is out, I just get so much. Mm-hmm. from the sun i don't care if it's like you know 20 below if that sun is out i am like all charged up i am like woohoo and i but i also don't realize it when it's cloudy so exactly but um <laughs> well i don't realize that the, the sun's missing you know i do, i feel down but i can't figure out why and, right. then, and then the sun comes out um i'm having all kinds of uh uh, indigestion type stuff happening. I'm <laughs> coughing. I'm like, had some Pepsi to kind of calm down the cough. And now I'm like, you now know, it's making burp. you burp. Exactly. So, yeah. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing. So I was, w- I was going to like mention this in front of, um, uh, Christy, but oh. I will mention in front of you. Maybe Christy's listening currently. Okay. She is on her way. I hope. We hope. Um, is and if she's done, I hope she's okay. Yeah. So you know, I, we wish you well if you're listening right now, and the the police have got you stopped or something. You know, uh, we'll come get Blame you after the Dan. show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Dan did it. Um, so we'll come and get you after the show. Right. Um, but um, I, I had a, a huge butch moment this weekend. I think to the point that's why. Were you watching figure skating? I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that kind of counteracted all my butchness this weekend. Oh my goodness! Well, like I went to a bonfire this weekend. Oh, oh yes, oh, it was my a goodness. little cold this weekend for a bonfire. Well, like single digits, <laughs> and, um, and but it was but next to the bonfire, it was you know it was better than fireworks. By the way, it was really? like yeah, they everybody brought their Christmas trees, and like so by now they're like oh, really really dry. Interesting. And then you throw them into like we did one at a time. We didn't do the whole thing, and we only did the tops of them kind of thing. So we kind of didn't put the whole tree in or we would have been real big you know had big trouble <laughs> but um and it was just and they just started crackling mm-hmm. and like inflamed i was just like it's great, isn't it? oh my gosh i've never had so much fun mm-hmm. oh my gosh i just buy my christmas trees and put them in my backyard just to get them to dry and then have a bonfire you know not to really get them going I know, you should just offer to take people's christmas trees it's i'll take right. that for you i'm gonna create a bonfire exactly I love bonfires. oh are, my gosh I it like was so them. warm Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, starting yeah, really good. Making the fire oh, go. You're a little pyro. I am totally um, a little pyro. So, uh, but it was just wonderful. I mean, I was so warm, and I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I was just like, this is like, it was the, it was nice and toasty, and and I did, I, I was out there for two three hours. Really? I, you know, oh, it was wonderful. So warm. Now, do you prescribe to the school of thought that says it's okay to throw you know accelerant on your bonfires? <sighs> well. We may have talked about that for the show, but my public <laughs> my public uh, announcement is no, absolutely not. I would mm-hmm. never do that. Uh-huh. So because I've been to bond, I don't I don't prescribe to that unless like you really just can't get the thing started, and then a little bit just to get it going. Right. But I've been to bonfires where people are just spraying on the lighter oh, fluid. Hello. <laughs> it's like, like I swear I've seen a 2020 where there's like backflash and people are up in flames and yes! I don't want uh, Or and then the ground takes over. I've yeah. known this one recently where the ground around, I mean he was surrounded because uh-huh. kind of apparently it caught they spilled a little on the way. Right. You know, and it was just like, "Oh my word." So, and he was doing a little hopping. Or your trees get caught on fire. <sighs> well, that was the other thing. That's what was really scary. Is that we we were under like a canopy of trees, uh, and um, that's always my fear. Is that oh, 
Well, and then this one tree we put in kind of thing, and the thing took, I mean, I swear, it was like 15, 17 feet high, <laughs> just went up a flame, and we were just like, oh, my God, like this or whatever. And the person that's holding on to it, now not with her hand, but right. with this other stick, I mean, she was getting like some burn from, I was just like, oh, this is scary. But then, of course, everybody was fine, and it was like... And of course, we all cheered. Yeah, yeah, like, was yeah like, that was fun. Let's exactly. do it again. And then the other twenty people that were there were in the house, you know, like you know, um, like a hundred feet away. We're like, oh, I guess you can't see that on the air, but they were clapping and going, yeah. So, because they could see it all the way from the house, so it was very funny. That's so, very funny. but yeah, but then that was the first Butch moment. Then I went home and found out that my. Um, <laughs> did you hear that noise? I did hear that noise. Okay, I was like, oh. And um, it was kind of like a train. I don't yeah. know. It was like, burr, burr. I was like, wow. Um, anyway, so our audience is probably right. like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I got home and the pipes were frozen. So I had to crawl. Has this happened to you before? Yeah, okay, yeah. We'll just talk about it later. And so, um, <laughs> exactly. So, um, uh, so I went underneath, I had to go underneath my, into the crawl space mm-hmm. and, um, and crawl underneath or whatever and trying to figure out. And I had heat lamps going and, um, you know, and people were telling me, just use a little like hair dryer. Well, apparently that's good enough if you have like four feet of pipe that's exposed. I have 30 feet of pipe exposed because it runs, comes up oh. and it goes the length of that's my that. house. So, my home so i'm like oh my word so i put heat lamps on there or whatever well i heard this clink this huge clang you know kind of thing and i was like what is going on and so i was like well okay fine so i finished my lunch and then i and i'm like okay if, if the pipes have finally you know burst what can i do now kind of right. thing, whatever like whatever so and i get my coat on and i go out and suddenly um and so i pick up the door to get underneath and this puff of like mist comes out because I thought the heat from the the thing or whatever and the cold air kind of mixed and like the thing, and I go oh and so I and I realized oh one of the heat lamps fell and so I picked up the heat lamp and whoosh, suddenly I had a little uh, bonfire going underneath <gasps> my fire underneath my uh, home and I'm like oh my god so I grab the stick and I throw it out and things like this and. Um, That's sure insane. Enough. Yeah, I was just like, oh my word. Now, of course, it, it was just this little bitty match, but no, no, <laughs> no. But it was just like this little smoldering, and I was just like, what the hey? So crazy. The, oh, it, it, absolutely insane. And um, and so then, um, so then I had gone. So I'm thinking like I got to get some torpedo heaters and things like that because this, it just wasn't working all day Sunday. I'm like trying, trying to thaw this thing out or whatever. Sure enough. Um, I had to go get five and get some heat tape and redo the whole underneath my at midnight on Sunday. Just oh had to finally do God. it because I couldn't wait any longer or something's going to happen. Right. So I'm underneath there cutting and all the, you know, cutting the, 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 the pipes and trying to get all the stuff off of them and clean them up so I can retape the, the heat tape onto them and things. I was like extremely butch. That this is weekend. very butch. I I'm mean, impressed. Exactly. You know, it was just like, hey. That's and then of course impressive. I'm feeling a little ill the next day. I think I got a little too butch. So I'm coming, <laughs> like, I'm oh. coming down from it now. <laughs> kind of like a hangover, you know, from my butchness. <laughs> you know, it was just like, oh my word. So, because I was just like sick the next day. I was like, oh, I can't do this. So, well, try. because it's hard. I mean, it's hard work regardless. Well, right. And that was one of the things is if I, we weren't taking that aerobics class together, I don't think I would be as <laughs> agile as I was underneath there. I was kind of impressed with like, woo, well, you not know. Not only that, you don't have hot water, which makes everything always oh. feel like. <sighs> and it's even colder right. because you can't get warm up with a nice hot bath. Right. You know, that's the other thing. Like, I love to get warm with like a hot shower mm-hmm. or a hot man, but but a hot shower, <laughs> you know, and things like this. And um, You need a hot man to start crawling underneath your house. Oh, exactly. Or at least underneath my covers. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> so and it just it was one of those like um boy I better get some soon that was like the third comment I've made I in know, the last seriously. ten minutes <laughs> so but yeah so I was just a little um you need some gaiety with a man th- there you go exactly so I was just like so I'm feeling a little like you know still feeling the effects or whatever but at least I could take a hot bath now that's good yes exactly I took care of one pipe so now I got to take care of my other pipes so you know that just wasn't <laughs> really quite well that took really well, we're kind of okay. <laughs> so, well, but it's been kind of chilly. So I've been kind of, and then, of course, we're, um, oh my goodness. 
So, so one of the things. So I feel one, like we just had a moment, and I wasn't really sure what it was, think, and you had it. I think I a lot of our like, listeners are having that moment at the moment too. Um, is um, so um, I, I was aware of like some friends at um, uh, through the, at the school that I go to that there's um, that they're going to be sending a lot of folks down to New Orleans and to help with uh, the Katrina survivors and stuff and. Uh-huh. Um, and they had a um they had a little like New Orleans send off dinner la- um last night in fact. And so I'm sitting so they're sitting there and we were talking and um and they were handing out beads and just handing them oh, out and okay. things like this or whatever. And I finally said to the faculty uh one of the faculty members, I says, Well, so how did you earn those beads? And she was like, Oh, working with this group has been really hard. We have been working so hard, we have earned these beads like this and I was like and she walked away and I'm like I don't think she knows about how to earn beads or whatever. So she comes back or whatever, and and I'm like, and I was with a friend, and I was like, um, I don't think she knows. I'm going to ask her. So I go, so do you know how to earn beads? Um, you know, in New Orleans or whatever, how they pass the beads back and forth or whatever. And she was like, yeah, they they just pick up their shirts and show. <sighs> Dan Burns, like this or whatever. Like, how dare you say that to me? Like this or whatever. And she was just like, oh, I'm so offended. And she like, what? I'm like, I can't believe you asked me that. Like this or whatever. So and so, I was like, well, that's you know, I was like, okay, fine. Like this one was kind of funny moment or whatever. Well, then today. I run into her and she's oh, you never got some beads last night. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to earn any. I don't want to earn any. Thank you very much or whatever. I'm not going to show you my boobs. And she's like, she's, oh, you know what? Some of us really don't want to see your boobs either. And I turned to her and I went, oh, what do you think? I'm ugly. And she was like, Dan, Dan, stop it. Stop putting me in these like situations where I can't defend myself. So, um, so yeah. You're so, evil. Oh, well, you know. Yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> I'm bitter. I'm not evil. I'm just bitter. You know, it's like so. It's been a kind of an interesting week so far. You so had an interesting week. I got my uh-huh. pictures back from my trip. Oh, <gasps> and you have not shared. Now you know we're going to have to do like a little slideshow on the air. I know. You know, I have already pulled her. You know, blinds down and things this like this. This is a picture of Meredith with her hair braided. Like, yes, exactly, exactly. So wow, and I hear there was a lot of hot men down there that were like lots of hot men who like women with big butts. Ah. Uh, Ah, okay. Right. There's, it's not, it's not very gay friendly. Okay. At times, so, right, my my friend and I went and over dinner one time. Uh-huh. Our waiter asked if we wanted if he could join us. Like he was joking, and we said, or no, he said, "Why are two beautiful women sitting here alone?" And we said, "Because we're here together and we like to spend time with each other." Right. And he said, "Oh, I get it." And we were like, "No, we." We're just friends. We like spending time. No, no, no. It's okay. We're starting to get more comfortable with those kind of ladies here. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. But seriously, like, we're, we just like, oh, no. He's like, if you ever want a third person in your little... And I was oh, like, my goodness. oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. He just rest, called you out. Yeah, the rest of the time we were down there, every time we saw him, he'd just kind of wink and smile at us. <laughs> was like, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, how, so how was she? <laughs> She's great. Oh, good, good. But, wow. But you did have a good time down there. Because that was the big thing you were nervous about. Like, oh, what are they going to think about, you know, a little fatty I, being yeah, on the beach? Yeah, I know. I was a little bit. But, you know... Honestly, like, first of all, nobody cares because they're all down there just having fun. But the other reason is that um, there are a lot of people. I mean, people just wear whatever they want to. You know, there are people who wear, like, bikinis that, you know, if I had that body, I wouldn't wear the bikini. I wouldn't feel comfortable. And they're they're fine. They're like, whatever. This is who I am. This is how I look. I don't care. So, right. Oh, good. It's nice to be in that sort of environment. Exactly. Because you don't get that here very much. People right. People are more self-conscious. Exactly. So. so, okay. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be um, joined in our next segment. Dun, dun, dun. So we're calling them segments now. <laughs> um, uh, with Chuck Booker, Booker Hirsch. Did I say that right? Oh, good. And um, um, and um, we're going to talk about some uh, decision he made about re- recently um, regarding his church. And um, so please stay tuned. <laughs> Okay, great. 
So we're going to be we're joined with uh, uh, Chuck Booker Hirsch from. <laughs> did I say it wrong? No, you didn't. Oh, um, the pastor um, of the North Presbyterian Church, Northside. Northside. I'm sorry, the Northside <laughs> Presbyterian Church. Sorry. Um, and um, you made a, a decision recently that was that quite a, quite hit the uh, news lately. Yes. Well, first of all, I just said thank you for having me on the program, and oh. I can understand why your last name is Burns. It's hot in here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or it's all the hot air they buried into the ice. Boy, it's flaming. It's just, yeah. steaming. It's just steaming in here. Um, <laughs> no, um, well, recently uh, I made the decision uh, to refrain from uh, um, officiating at legal weddings. Now, now, I still will officiate at weddings. What legal weddings means is I will not sign off as an agent of the state of Michigan. Okay. Uh, on heterosexual weddings until uh, the 1,100 plus federal benefits are afforded uh, couples regardless of their sexual orientation. And I there are a few, 1,100. That's over a lot. 1,100. Yeah. Over a thousand of them are simply tax matters. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So wow. then it, it pertaining to families and social security, you know, to being with, with your loved one when they're in an ambulance or right. Right, having aerobics training, as you were talking about <laughs> earlier. And then, and then Dan has, oh, and my loved one can't be in the ambulance with me. That's anyway. right. So that sort of thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, how did you come to this decision? Because I don't think it was an overnight. I know you're very active mm-hmm. in, in, mm-hmm. in human rights. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but what brought, what brought you on to making this decision? Well, of course, working in Northside Presbyterian, uh, one-fourth of our membership happens to be uh, bisexual, transgender, lesbian, and gay, all of the above. Okay. And um, so I've been sensitized to that by the great people there, and uh, there have been a lot of teachable moments for me there. Mm. Wonderful place. And um, But also, um, uh, having done officiated many weddings at Weller's, uh, which is a prominent wedding site in Saline, uh, some of your listeners may have heard of it. Um, I was one of four clergy listed on their website as recommended services. Ah. And it, it was a great source of supplemental income for me in the right. summertime in particular. And uh, I also did premarital counseling for many. They were always heterosexual couples. Ah, uh, okay. And I would always sign off on the dotted line in you know, the state of Michigan, and, you know, and not just in tri- triplicate and quadruplicate. <laughs> no, I think it's triplicate, actually, in Michigan, right? Uh, wow, <laughs> three okay. Three copies. And, uh, and then I realized every time I signed off, and it's, it had been planted, a seed had been planted in, a, in my brain by a member of my church that said, well, you might want to cons- look at a gay member who said, you might want to re- uh, consider reconsider um, officiating at the services, knowing it, you know, knowing that you're official uh, um, agent of the state of Michigan, <laughs> and, uh-huh. and gay and lesbian couples are not receiving those benefits. And that was a couple of years ago, and I just kept that in the back of my mind, ro- uh, rattling around when I had nothing else to do. No. Yeah. <laughs> but a few months ago, I read an article in the Washington Post of uh-huh. a pastor who decided, along um, with his church, not to uh, to uh, officiate. Well, they, they, they're not calling any of their services weddings. Our, our church calls them wedding, holy union, regardless of sexual orientation. They're very mm-hmm. open in, in that regard. Whatever the couple chooses to call it, as long as, as uh, there's a lifetime loving commitment being made. But uh, this pastor and his church, in, uh, it's a Presbyterian church like mine, uh, in northern Virginia near D.C., decided, um, well, we're, we're going to call them just celebrations uh, until the laws change. Okay. And, and he would not sign off on the heterosexual. And therefore, they're not marriages. Therefore, they're, they cannot sign off on the um, oh. weddings is legal. So I, we're still saying, hey, come and, and be married. And we still had the same, um, you know, I can t- turn away people. I say, well, you probably won't be a good couple after doing premarital counseling with you, regardless of your sexual orientation. I, don't, right. I would wish them well and say good luck and go somewhere else. That's fine. Uh, we're saying still come. And if uh, the premarital counseling goes well with me or whoever else, uh, come and get married here. However, um, I will not, you know, it's, Sign off on those civil gotcha. um, liberties and matters. The and legal I aspect. Said you can go down to the justice of the peace and have him sign off, or her so, sign off on that. So it seems like this is sort of taking on across the country because one of the articles I had found this week for news mm-hmm. was about yes. a Virginia or North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, who uh, that 
pastor decided as well, exactly for the exact same reasons right. that the, he wasn't going to be the United performing. Church of Christ pastor. In fact, our church has already written a little um, a letter supporting him and oh, support great. to him and sh- wow. sharing with him what I have been doing. And uh, there's also a pastor in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the Presbyterian Church. There's one in Gross Point, Michigan, at the very tall steeple Presbyterian Church there who had not done this for years. And But uh, he, he didn't do it for reasons of uh, rainbow justice, as okay. it were. Ah. He did it just out of theological integrity, saying that he didn't think any that the pastor should be uh, an agent of, the, of any state. It's a church-state yeah. separation matter for him. And so, wow. uh, and of course, in, in Europe, in many countries, that's already the way it is. <laughs> you have to, have to have two services, in, in essence. So what, I mean, I, I'm sure that within your church, because you are a welcoming church, that you've, have you had a lot of backlash from people? Have people expressed concern or? Uh, no, not at all. Not at uh, all. The church mm-hmm. is very supportive. Uh, wow. All the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, was, even the higher, just your church, or even the higher uh, up. Well, that's a good. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, higher up, they probably would not be um, uh, applauding. And ah, applauding. okay. Um, there's a great reluctance. To, people are fleeing progressive churches today, like ours, not because we take stands on matters like these. Mm-hmm. They take it because we don't take stands. Mm-hmm. They're leaving oh. They're leaving because we don't take stands. And that's the thing. And I, I think there's a lot of hemming and hawing, wanting to people please and please everyone across the board. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and to try to be reconcilers, but reconciliation can't take place until people take sides, if you will. But this right. is a matter of justice. Right. And we don't speak a good, strong word of justice many time, times and uh, leveling the playing field. And uh, it's just a simple matter of justice. And that's a very biblical notion. I, hate to, I don't want to get into a uh, God babble here for many of your secular <laughs> listeners, but it is a matter of leveling the playing field. And mm-hmm. that's a very biblical matter. Love and justice are the two great themes of scriptures. Well, I think that that's exactly it. I mean, that's one of the things when recently someone reminded me that the Catholic Church was based on social justice, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that uh, dealing with class, dealing with, yes. you know, the hunger, the the naked, the... Um, Oh, just the the poor, right. you know, the 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 um, homeless, the the unemployed. I mean, You're right. And the great thing I love about the uh, the Catholic Church's approach to it, I don't always agree where they come. Sometimes where the Catholic Church comes down mm-hmm. in social ethics, but I like the basis of social ethics in the Catholic Church, which is incarnation. That God created everything, the deity created everything, and it is good. Yes. And uh, therefore, yes. it's our relationship, our incarnation, where we start. It's a starting point for our theology, our philosophy, call it what you wish. Uh, and then f- our beliefs can follow upon those relationships mm-hmm. rather than our relationships being predicated by beliefs which may or may not be good ones. Oh, I believe this, therefore I will relate to you and I will not relate to you. Right. And right. so, and, uh, and the basis of my theology, and again, I don't want to get off into preaching here. It's okay, okay. <laughs> I'm from the, you know, never, never mind. No, <laughs> from the, I'm from the South. You get a little, but no, 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 no. Uh, is the great commandment, as many are familiar, what, what's the greatest commandment of all? You're looking for a belief statement by which to base relationships. Oh, you believe this, Jesus? Mm-hmm. Therefore, you can relate to these people. You can't he gave a relationship statement by which to base the relate, beliefs. Right. Love God, love self as others. Yes. And on this, all the law and the prophets depend. That's central to this rabbi, central mm-hmm. to the teacher. And uh, at least the one the Christian faith is based upon. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, therefore, instead of giving a belief statement by which to base our relationships, he gave a relationship statement by which to base beliefs and f- completely flipped it on him. Mm-hmm. Right. And all his opponents will go, what? You know, right. They're, they're not ready for that. So, yeah, anyway, one of our one of our I think it was the last week or the week before we had somebody who was saying that one of the reasons why we're having such a backlash on on an attack on um, sexuality and things is because of religion having a. Um, realizing that this is that, that they're they're I don't want to say losing uh, respect or losing, but more of that this is that this is like the last um, ditch effort to uh, very similar to what we saw with the racial um, uh, prejudice in the South and things of like with the riots and things that um, the. the Yes. Um, yes. People were back, backlashing because they they were losing this control of society. I guess is the right. way to put it. At the same time, those on the forefront of the movement in the civil rights movement, and you were right. just citing, have been also people of faith. Right. So it is a matter of faith, one way or the other. As much as I love what the ACLU ACLU does, mm-hmm. as much as I love what people of 
um, and quote-unquote secular organizations do to advance human rights across the board and not call it special rights. So they're not special, right. they're just basic human rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this, uh, as a person of faith, I feel it even more important, more imperative on my part uh, to respond to the perpetration. And I think that is the primary source mm-hmm. of bigotry to the uh, lesbian, gay, transgender, and bisexual community. is coming from the religious community. And I feel it very imperative on my part to say, no, that's just completely the opposite of the way I understand it Mm -hmm. here. Right. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, But it's so easy to get drowned out by the louder noises. Oh, yeah, definitely. In the churches. And I think that's what you just brought up now, is that the ACLU is dealing more with the the legal aspect of it, and now you're dealing with more of the human aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Because, like you were saying, you're you're still willing to do the marriage or the, the... the um, civil unions or the celebrations, um, or yeah. there was another word you used earlier that I can't remember, but it was uh, uh, very commitments or civil like unions and yeah. something, yeah. yeah. That um, that it's like it's not that I'm that you're against that. Um, you're of course you're bringing people together. That you're totally believing. We want to that. tell our stories. Yes, mm-hmm. we want to tell our stories. You mentioned as a human situation, it very much is. It's not so much a question between what you believe or what you don't believe. It's what's human and what's inhuman. Right. And uh, so we just want to tell our stories. And so many people look towards faith to help them make choices, whether they view themselves as religious or not. I think oftentimes it can be a place that you come back to and say, I don't know how to make this decision. Can Mm -hmm. you help me? I think for a lot of people that happens. And for you to be taking this stand really Mm -hmm. sends a clear message to people Mm -hmm. that... You know, religion shouldn't be something that's scary to them, especially in our community, because I think so many mm-hmm. people in our community oh, shy away from religion when, you know, being of faith and understanding your relationship to something bigger is so important and helps you really become, mm-hmm. you know, a better citizen in some ways. And there are many wonderful faith communities in our area, Ypsilanti and in Ann Arbor, that are, are believe that and understand mm-hmm. that. And, uh, you know, I hear a lot about Marianne Williamson, the wonderful work she does. She's way out in Troy. Yes, right here in her own backyard. <laughs> That's right. So are you hoping that people are going to, that other pastors are going to jump anyway. on board <laughs> with you know, not providing... Now, that's not the, that, I'm glad you brought that up, Meredith, because um, that's where I wanted to... By the way, I had an uncle named Meredith. By the way, that's a southern <laughs> name or male name. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. No, uh, uh, I I would like to think so, but it is a matter of this is hitting close to the pocketbook. It's mm-hmm. an economic issue. They think they'll lose a lot of members, or not just members, but also weddings. Right. And uh, whereas I'm saying, well, I hope we don't lose weddings, but I want to add some integrity to mm-hmm. whatever we call a wedding or holy union, what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am slowly but surely built, working with a, a network of, of clergy around the country, really. We're trying to make this national, the Presbyterian Church National News Service, two and a half million member denomination, is um, picking this up, and they're right, working on an article on it right now. Wow. And uh, hopefully we can get, you know, get the word out more. Religion News Service and National Syndicate picked this story up from the, from the Ann Arbor News. It was a well-written article by Catherine O'Donnell in mm-hmm. the January 31st edition. And uh, it, um, so just, just to get the word out and so other clergy can come to their own conscience on that. But when they're challenged by colleagues... Sometimes it's very uneasy, and yes. it's, um, yeah, it's it's seen well, it as a one-upsmanship. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes them d- dig deeper of really why and bringing more integrity to what they do. So. Yeah, and I think the female colleagues will come around more than quickly than most of the male colleagues. Mm-hmm. That's just my that's my gut feeling mm-hmm. on this. I tend right. to be more sensitized to this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, being speaking about people being in our backyard, so how would someone be able if they were interested in? Um, uh, uh, exploring more about the Northside Presbyterian Church. How would they... Um, oh, I'm um, glad you asked it, Dan. Uh, uh, no, no, that was not that was not set up. I'm, I appreciate that. And, and Dan's actually holding my business card. Exactly. If you, very simply, northsidepres.org, northsidepres.org is a wonderful website set up by a game member of ours. By oh, the way, great. he's our web spinner. And, Fantastic. Uh, and... Um, also, our phone number is six six three five five zero three. Again, six six three five five zero three. And okay. there's a wonderful church we're associated card, with. On your card, it's a six six five. Hmm. On your card, it's a six six five. Is that true? No, it's six six. 
Oh my gosh, that's a misprint. Oh, okay. So six six three five five zero three. I did not know that. But we can Thank definitely do a problem. You. Sure. Right or call me at six four six three five five zero. Now I'd like to mention that we have a wonderful partner in the ministry for the last forty years. It's, it's an Episcopal church. They're very open and affirming as well. Saint yes. Aidan's Episcopal, hmm. and the Reverend Susan McGarry is you know is the pastor there. Been there fifteen years. Has been on the forefront of issues like this as well. I say exactly. issues, matters like this. Go, human beings, you're not issues. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's very important, the work we do together. And, um, yeah. Definitely. So definitely, folks, check out the, um, you know, for more information, they can definitely check out the Northside uh, Press, P-R-E-S, dot org, uh, dot org. And there's further ways you can contact us through that website. Yes. Yes, it was all on the for contact information. Right. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Chuck. Thank I appreciate, you. I appreciate this. It. Definitely. And we're going to be going on next to um, in our next segment. Um, we have Jennifer Almquist from the uh, Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender Affairs Office at the University of Michigan. Hi, this is Kate Brindle from Eastern Michigan University's Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Resource Center. Check out Closets Are for Clothes on Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so um, we definitely have uh, Jennifer Alquest from the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Affairs Office at the uh, University of Michigan. And um, and she is here to talk about upcoming events that are going to be happening uh, in the next month, I think, in, in March. Um, there's lots of exciting things that are happening. Um, and um, so welcome, Jennifer, to the program. I think this is your first time here. It is. It is. Congratulations. You don't have wow. any plans to move anywhere like Philadelphia. <laughs> bring this up every single time. You know, it's funny because I do. Actually, I'm I'm moving to Oregon in May. So. Oh, okay. Oregon wow, at least it's the west side this time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Um, wow. So, wow. But, hey, I guess... Oh, I was gonna say NLP because Pennsylvania, but I guess O is before P. Anyway, um, so uh, so what's going? What's happening at the office lately? We have a lot going on actually. Uh, we've had a lot of turnover. Okay. And so we have a whole new staff. This is actually my second year here, but we have a lot of new faces. Okay. We have an interim director, Jackie Simpson, who's been on the show. We have a new assistant director, Gabe Javier, who is an assistant director with me. So we've got a lot of new faces. Yes. Wow. That's always yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah. Bringing new ideas and yes. new things coming in. So yes. what? So what's going to be coming up? Well, every spring, actually, it's technically the still still the winter semester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from a term system, but every every um, month after spring break, we come and we do a, a week's worth of events. And so we work with student groups. And it's been Pride Week in the past, last year um it was pride week before that it was known as queer visibility week and this year it's called the best week ever and it is it is it's so good it it actually lasts more than one week wow (laughs) that's impressive yes wow i've had a couple nights like that but anyway go ahead (laughs) (laughs) well it starts off right after spring break march 6th with lgbt health awareness week So there are a lot of health-related events through the medical school some great things going on and then all of the the um, offices events sort of kick off on March 11th, and we have our big gender bender review. So oh. people who have been around the university for a while might recognize the gender bender Certainly. review. Yeah. I remember my days of gender bender review. Those yes. are some good good shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, so when, I went back up a little bit. So the 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 week of health mm-hmm. um, and are these LGBT related or are they yes. just Oh, wow. Yeah, it's LGBT Health Awareness Week. Health Awareness Week. And, Mm -hmm. like, what kind of things will they be talking about? They have a uh, transgender physician coming in. He is an emergency physician, I believe, and he is going to talk about transgender health care, which is pretty new. We haven't really had anyone on campus doing that. Right. Um, So that's exciting. And there is uh, a discussion with the Lesbian Moms Network and the the Gay Dads Group. Great. Which, yeah. Um, Papa LGBT, Dad, I think it is? or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think yes. that's the one, Lesbian Moms Network. And so talking about parenting, what sorts of concerns people have, which is definitely a big issue right now. Um, yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so they just have a whole week worth of, worth of wonderful events okay. all happening in medical school. Okay. Yeah. And then some things you said were some office sponsored or things that the offices um, yes. lean on? Yes, the office and then a number of student <coughs> groups. 
the gender bender review is being headed up by the Stonewall Democrats. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they're finally bringing it back. It's okay. A big, it's a big event, so. It, well, it, I it's remember. It's hard to put together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And do they have anything that they are doing that you know of yet, or are they being, uh, just still doing the planning, or? Um, they're still doing the planning. The theme this year is a day in the life of, and then fill in the blank. Oh, and so okay. people are going to kind of fill in their sexual orientation or gender identity and they're going to do a, a performance around that. So it's pretty open this year and I'm not sure who all will Okay. And what day is that going to be? Saturday, March 11th. March 11th. Okay. Yes. Wow. That's going on on March 11th. Okay, great. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. So that's the big event. And then, of course, every year we do a rally Oh. on the Diag and that's that's on Monday, March 13th. Now, what's the rally or like uh, the I, theme? Oh, I know the theme is uh, a day in the life. No, that's just that's for the review. Gender bender review. Yeah, this is just the best week ever, and so there's going to be some spoken word, some song, and uh, we have some speakers coming in. I'm not sure who all is going oh, to okay. be finalized, but we always do the big rally, and that's. That's Great. Where we love to see people. Now, was there a, no, Marathon, I remember you went to U of M. So, did you, was there, like, what kind of, like, like things happened at the rally? I mean, used to, I, I remember them kind of being pretty big. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would kind of. There were speakers, and I don't remember which rally it was that they had the little closet you could come out mm-hmm. of. Oh, yes. Okay. I don't remember if it was this National one. National Coming Out Day. We yes. did the closet. The closet. Okay, so in October. Okay. In October. But mm-hmm. mostly you can just go see other gay people. Enjoy hearing speakers talk about the activism that they're doing, the importance of the LGBT community being political, being out and proud and that kind of stuff. I think gotcha. it's, it's sort of energizing to be able to go to that event and hear people talk. And Terrific. Incredible to hear some of the things that people are doing both on campus and in the community and, okay. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What else is for... The best week ever. Well, the other exciting event is that we have an author coming in, uh, Michael Stevenson, who is associate provost at Miami University in Ohio, has just, just a few years ago, 2003 actually, wrote a book about everyday activism. And it's really a handbook for people doing LGBT activism. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a great little guide. And so he's going to come. He's going to talk about the book. He's going to do a workshop and really help LGBT and allied communities look at how we do activism and what that means. and That's exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, because I always wonder, like, I mean, sometimes I don't realize sometimes just doing the radio show is a form of activism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but also just doing every day, like, if you don't have a radio show, mm-hmm. that, you know, like, what can I do today? Or what can I do, the, even if it's just the little thing? I think people also think little things don't always matter. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you do enough... I mean, sometimes maybe one little thing doesn't necessarily, but if you do enough of them every day, every week, right. they add up things. I mean, that's yes. how you create change. Is it's a slow process. It's not gonna, you know, happen overnight. The right. civil rights movement didn't happen overnight. Right, you know? right. Just sorry, sometimes it's not even done yet. But anyway, right. um, it's a. Uh, um, yeah. But I think, but th- but that's another thing too. Is sometimes you don't even realize you are making an effect. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, like for instance, people will say things to me, and it, I, I won't even realize it until I'm driving home. Like. What did they mean by that? And or what what is it that they, they were trying to challenge me with? Or what was right. it that they what was the learning moment that I didn't quite get at that time, you know? <laughs> right. And and I'll probably never see that person again, but it's it's one of those things that I, I it's like, Oh, okay. So Yeah. And well, a lot of people don't know what to do with that. They want to be involved, they've just come out or they've had a friend come out or right. they want to be involved in the community but it feels too overwhelming. So mm-hmm. his point is really everyone can be an activist in their everyday lives. And when is this going to be again? That event is on, let me double check, on Tuesday, March 14th, 6.30 p.m. Great. Great. Yeah. And um, and and, he, and again, it's Michael Stevens, mm-hmm. um, and it's Everyday Action. Everyday Activism. Activism. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Wow. Yeah. And what else is happening with the LGBTA? Well, we are getting ready for Lavender graduation. It's, it's finally that time of year. I think graduates are starting to do the countdown. I heard something <laughs> like 60-some-odd days left. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's uh-huh. coming up. And every year we do lavender graduation, which is our our kind of response or our alternative to the big commencement ceremony where it's just a sea of faces and <laughs> Oh yes. You just stand up when they call your yes. your school, if that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Really oh, they don't call you up and don't go across the stage? <laughs> oh, they just say 
this school, the school the of social LSA work is class of two thousand six. Please stand up. Yes, mm-hmm. and like you know, twenty thousand people stand up with you. Wow, and they don't like throw <laughs> water or anything. No. Or, There's oh, no okay. holy water, nothing like that. <laughs> I gotcha. No okay. beads. Oh wow! Okay, no yeah. beads. <laughs> yes. Wow. So and then so and then how does one sign up for this, or how does one get involved in the lavender? Graduation. People can sign up through our website. There's an online submission form, and our website is just umich.edu um, forward slash tilde LGBTA. And there's a sign-up form there, and we, what we try to do to personalize it is that people get to submit a statement that they want to be read as they're walking across the stage, something about them and what they do and their involvement in the community. And so we get to recognize and clap for each individual. Right. Which is really fun. Yes, mm-hmm, yeah. exactly. And it means a lot, too. It does. Sometimes, and I, and I don't want to say this is a, a true across the board, but there are some folks in our community where there isn't the family. It mm-hmm. really is the friends that are there mm-hmm. cheering them on. like and, and, and they go through the traumatic, I guess, process of coming out and then dealing with the losing of the family, losing of other things, and the support, mm-hmm. and developing new f- support, and still they're able to graduate. Right. I mean, I think that needs to be really recognized because I think we're losing a lot of folks because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and trying to, even though I think the LGBTA and the uh, Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender Resource Center at EMU is really trying to do a good job of of keeping those folks still in school and, and supporting them. And so I think that you guys are doing an awesome job. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's a great event. We We love it. We always have about 300 People, we have about 30 participants and 300 people come out to support the event. Wow, so. I had no idea it was that yeah, big. It is. It's oh, wow. Because I know, I was thinking maybe 50 to 100, but uh, I had no idea that there was like 300 people that show up to this thing. Yes, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's great. Mm-hmm. So great. And when is this Lavender? That is April 27th. And okay. from 4 to 6 p.m., so it's the same. It's the, the week before the weekend of commencement activities. And gotcha. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. Any uh, any other thing that's going on at the office that... Well, we've also been working on our ally program. We've had... Oh. we've uh, We trained about 40 people last year. We just did a group of about 20 more, and we have more sessions coming up in... Actually, in March. And so that's a great way for heterosexual allies, LGBT people who want to be part of the ally support network, and we we do a program for them, eight hours of training, and we've had great response. People love it. Great. Great. And thank you for doing that, too, because I remember it being mentioned on the show before, Mm -hmm. and I think it was Kevin was was mentioning it, and it was seemed like a a novel idea. I'd never really quite thought about that. But I've heard so many allies say that they want to know how to support the community better. Exactly. Exactly. Without just going to the gay bar. Yeah, yeah that's right. Exactly. Which I don't kind of do very well. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so on that. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you, Jennifer. I yeah, really appreciate this. Yeah. And um, so definitely, how can they find out more information about the resource or the um, affairs office? It's all on our website, umich.edu forward slash tilde LGBTA. Terrific. Yeah. And if they wanted to call or if they wanted to... People can call 763-4186. Terrific. Yeah. Great. And it's, again, one more time. 763-4186. We're on the third floor of the Union. Great. Well, thank yeah. you, Jennifer. I really thank appreciate so it. Much. Come back anytime. You and I know we only have you till May, but yeah. we got a couple more months yet. <laughs> so, thank terrific. You. Thank you. And next, we have news. Of what's five. <laughs> Right, and so we do want to. Um, uh, we did have a caller who wanted yes. us to also mention the that St. Andrew's Episcopalian Church on the corner of Division and Catherine is also accepting of the LGBT community. Yes. So thank you, caller, for giving us that important tidbit of information. Exactly. So, yeah, and then we can always rely on our. We're always um, happy to let people know what's going on. Exactly, and and having them call us up and. Letting us know what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. So what is going on out there? We haven't had news for several weeks now. I know, I know, I know. Goodness, we missed you. Uh, I, I missed you too. Oh, thanks. 
Um, well, this first tidbit of information comes out of Charleston, South Carolina, um, a group that opposes a constitutional ban on same-sex marriage in South Carolina is turning out at theaters showing the gay-themed cowboy film Brokeback Mountain, as though I needed to say what its name was. <laughs> like, we were going to be like, there's a gay-themed cowboy movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was my own private Idaho. Um, Melissa Moore, who's a volunteer coordinator for the LGBT advocacy group, they've been handing out brochures and encouraging people to vote against the state constitution, constitutional amendment um, this November. And they're hoping to draw on the appeal of the movie to talk with people about the amendment that passed the General Assembly last year by a combined vote of 131 to 4. Wow. Yeah. So um, no ballot... At this point, none of the ballot initiatives has been defeated in 18 states that have asked voters to amend constitutions to prohibit same-sex marriages. But what we are seeing is that um, an increasing number of people feel they were misled by what the amendment actually did, didn't realize that it took rights away, um, and were increasingly um, seeing that if the education is there, that you are more likely to get a vote no than a vote yes. um, Because people just don't. The language of right. the, they don't understand the language issues that happen with ballots, right? Um, and the impact that it can have, far-reaching that one particular thing you think you're talking about, right? Exactly, legally speaking. So, um, so wow. it's very, it's very exciting. It's one, I think, a really exciting way to do some activism and and oh yeah, be able to talk to people um, who you know. Right. Are supportive. Exactly. Well, I think that's always been a way to to change people's mind is by having that one-on-one conversation. And and I think that's why a lot of politicians um, do so well that um, the ones that do really well are the ones that are going door-to-door and ca- causing that conversation or creating the conversation right. with each individual and, and having them and, and actually talking them and really educating people on what really is going on. Um, because and, it's really, I think... I think Chuck actually talked about teachable moments and there are moments and I think we don't always take advantage of those things. Exactly. Exactly. And then those, those teachable moments can definitely turn into um, celebrations as well. I don't know if you have an article, anything about from the NGLTF or HRC regarding that they're encouraging people to have um, uh, house parties uh, during the um, Academy Awards, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And um, because this is one to of To celebrate the, the fact that Brokeback Mountain has so many um, award nominations and it's a huge accomplishment for our community to be recognized, a story about us, us to yes. be recognized in the way that it it, it is. Um, and it's, I think so often people feel like if it's a story about gay people, it's about, you know, the drag queen who doesn't meet the boy of his dreams. And then this happens. I mean, and yes. it's sort of it's the story has always been very light and comical at times. Right. Um, and so I think this really sort of changes the way that I think a lot of people think about, especially gay men. Um, <laughs> the story clearly goes way beyond sort of I think what the the community at large was sort of comfortable with but in a way that made them really stop and think about well i think that that's the thing is i think we're and like many other communities have gone through uh, minority communities have done where they become the comic or they become the comedy relief or they um or they're the supporting person or whatever but and and i think that's where they made that transition to now they're like a leading serious character or actor Mm -hmm. um or role i should that's what i'm looking for a serious Mm -hmm. role right and i think brokeback mountain did that i mean kind of like this was it was this wasn't a comedy this wasn't necessarily a dark you know depressing drama um even though some people cried enough that they thought it was <laughs> but it was right. but it was more of just a story being told and and I also think that it's good in that Jake Gyllenhaal and um um his name just completely flew out of my head Anyway. Oh my goodness! And Heath? No, Heath Ledger. Yeah, Thank Heath Ledger. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know where my gotcha. Head is. I thought I was thinking um, candy bar. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've both not really shied away from talking about their experiences, um, about their own homophobia going into the movie, and sort of what would happen to their careers right. doing this kind of film because it neither one of them identifies as being gay, and I don't know nope. <laughs> at nope. all. Right. Um. So. I think that it's been really huge because I think oftentimes in the past people have sort of said, that's not me. That's not me. I'm not, that's not me. I, you know, it's just a part. It's just a part. And I think especially 
the stuff that I've heard Heath Ledger talk about has definitely been, you know, about him fully embracing this role and, and talking about it in a way, you know, clearly he was comfortable with his own sexuality to be able to do this part. And Jake Gyllenhaal also said, you know, he had a lot of preconceived notions that were in his head from from being very young and being in society and the That's... way that society impacted his views on, on homosexuality and and um, how the movie really helped change that for him um, right. and really helped him challenge himself about that. And I think it's nice to see people talk honestly about the fact that, you know, we, everybody has those issues and things that they need to work through and that right. this movie is a way to do that for exactly. a lot of people. And hopefully this will create a lot of conversation um, to help overturn that uh is it the, le- law yet, or is it just legislation? No, it's legislation. legislation. It's a ballot initiative. A ballot initiative. So, wow. um, exciting news out of California. The legislation is um, the legislation has been introduced in the California Assembly to combat domestic abuse and same-sex relationships. Oh. Um, few studies have been done on the issue of abuse within gay households, but is believed to be as widespread as among opposite-sex relationships. And last year, the Assembly held a series of special legislative hearings that explored the problem of same-sex domestic abuse and the ways the legislature might work to address um, to address it. Um, it would establish the Equity and Prevention and Services for Domestic Abuse Fund, a continuously appropriated fund to develop and support education and services specific to the LGBT domestic to LGBT domestic violence. Um, and the LGBT community obviously has unique needs when it comes to domestic abuse. So it's important to create a fund that would be targeting the education that's needed and the outreach that's needed within the community to combat the issue because it's much more closeted yes. than it is. Well, and I think at the same time, too, is that it, it happens just as often in the gay community as it does in the straight community. It, um, but you're right. There are other factors that are involved mm-hmm. with if you go forward with this, you know, I'm going to tell so-and-so. And, and it's getting them out of that cycle of violence. Right. Um, as um, uh, as Christy has said to us many times, or explained to us many times, um, that yeah, it it is a it is a scary situation for a lot of folks. Right. So that could be very life changing, and I'm really glad that legislation is really coming forward in in saying, hey, this is important, and um, especially with what's going on here in Michigan with the Triangle Foundation and mm-hmm. um, what is it, Savac or Sovac. Anyway, for victim um, advocacy. Right. So. And this last one, I have a couple of others, but since we only have about five more minutes, I'm going to do a lighthearted one. Oh, good. Shoo-hoo. Okay. There was a study recently that um, <laughs> done out of Amsterdam. That, Another study. That equipment size governs gay, self, gay self-esteem. And according to the study, the old saying, it's not the size of the equipment, but how it does the job has no place in fact for gay men, scientists in the Netherlands have found. Really? <laughs> they say that penis size is paramount to the way gay men see themselves. Wow. According to this study, um, it was undertaken by Lisbeth Wortman, a senior lecturer in clinical psychology and colleague who specializes in social and organizational psychology. She used a broad survey on a number of topics to mask the nature of the research they um to, to mask the nature of the research, they questioned 251 gay men, and the average age of the subject was 29 years old. Um, the study reveals that how gay men see their penis has considerable influence on in how they value themselves in general. The larger their organ, the more confident gay men were both in lovemaking and in life in general, the study found. And it's also found that the majority of gay men believe that a large sexual organ has the major was the major attraction for potential lovers. No. Wait, 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 wait. They admitted that in their relationship, they're attracted to their partner because of their large equipment. They believed that their that their potential for attracting a lover oh. was increased. Okay, if I if, if they're proportionally to the equipment that they they were carrying could put on display. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. Wow. Um, it's not known whether if. There is a similar link in heterosexual men, but there are various reasons for assuming that the the self-image of heterosexual men is also linked to how they evaluate the most characteristically masculine part of their body. So... So, yeah, well, I I can kind of understand that. I mean, being a man, that that would be probably true all across the board, kind Mm -hmm. of thing, that whether you're straight or gay or bi, or Mm -hmm. that it would be something that 
<laughs> they relate to that part of their their body, their equipment, um, as you put it. Boy, we were talking about baseball last uh, last week, and now we're talking about equipment this week. Um, so, uh, but they also found that um, the most important body parts for gay men after their their equipment size were their stomachs and their skin. Wow, that they had large stomachs because no. I've got quite a large <laughs> stomach. <you know? laughs> But that their appearance of their stomach, I take it, that they have the uh, six-pack. Oh, the washboard. Six-pack, that kind of wow. thing. Wow. So goodness. It's and what see. about their skin? Well, then it's smooth? It or? doesn't say, but my guess is probably that it's skin and flawless looking and that they look young. Wow. Okay. Oh, so I have to have large equipment, the washboard stomach, and... Well, also, maybe you want the washboard stomach because it makes your equipment seem larger. Oh, so I everything see. else on you is small, and you're gotcha. You know. Which I f- never mind. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, uh, but um, wow. So they say that there's a dr- but now this is also young people. The average age is 29. Right. And how so, does it say anything like how many people? 251 games. <laughs> Only 251 people, and the average age is 29. Mm-hmm. Now, come on, people, please. But they tried to mask the study so that they didn't know they were asking specifically, like, what do you really, like, how does your package size <laughs> wow. relate to So, were they something? telling the truth? That would be the other thing I would kind of want. I mean, I'd I know. It, the, the, there isn't a lot in here about what they're, what exactly they're. We're going to have to go online.